students of Exeter, have you craved a nutritious, affordable meal that can be delivered right to your doorstep? Ever considered spending those dull Tuesday nights in snuggled up with your housemates having a curry? Well, now you can. Karana's Curries are a student business based in the heart of Exeter, producing handmade curries with recipes passed down through generations of Asian heritage. There are a number of flavours available to satisfy the spice-phobic among us, as well as the Billy Big Bollocks who fancy an attack of the senses, and all this for as little as £5. Go follow Karana's Curries on Instagram, and if you use the code THERAINCARD when placing an order, you get free delivery. So what are you waiting for? Pre-order for Tuesday night using code THERAINCARD to make every Tuesday night a little bit less dull. Back to the studio. Hello, and welcome back to the Raincard with me, Billy Wooten. I'm me, Ollie Treasure. Treasure, how are you doing today? I'm really good, really excited. We've got another great guest lined up today. I think uh, last week's one was really, really successful, so happy to build on that, Bill. How are you feeling today? Yeah, good, thank you. Church, you brought us a real insight last week into sort of the cricketing world of twos cricket. I'm hoping this man can bring us a bit more ones cricket stuff as he's a bit, a bit more of a pro than Dylan Church. But Church, yeah, gave us a real insight into extra cricket as well. Real good time. But I think we've been building this guest up for a while. You know, he's been in the works. He's been he's been dodging my messages. But now he's finally here. The, creme, the creme de la creme of uh, yeah. university cricket. It is none other than John Turner. John, how are you doing today? Uh, yeah, all good. Thanks so much for having me on, boys. Um, building me up a bit there. So <laughs> hopefully I can live up to the expectations. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to the chat. Firstly, John, for people who don't know you, shame on you. But uh, <laughs> more, more on that, for people who don't know you, tell us a bit about you. Who are you, John? Um, yeah, so obviously, as a, I hope you can hear, I'm South African. Um, <laughs> very proud of that. But so I've been in the UK for nearly three years now, um, I think. And basically pursuing cricket and university at the same time. Um, I'm currently contracted at Hampshire Cricket Club. I've been on the staff for this, I think it's my second season, and then I trialed for like half a season. Um, and before that, went to school in South Africa, both primary school and high school, um, and was meant to come over in 2020, but then the world decided to stop due yeah. to COVID, um, and unfortunately, I was part of that, so that kind of yeah. ruined it. But yeah, so I've been been here and so far really enjoying my time both at Hampshire and at uni. It's a great start, it's a great start. More more off pitch, John. What are you like off pitch? Um, well, I suppose it depends who I'm around really. <laughs> uh I'd say I'm quite a chill person. Um enjoy just like got a few hobbies here and there, love the golf course. Um yeah. slowly get into my coffee. Uh you're but... becoming an old man. Yeah, up. basically, yeah. <laughs> um, all the pro cricketers seem to love coffee. So myself and Harry Starton, who's another extra uni boy, um, mm -hmm. we really have got into that. And then, obviously, you can't really go through uni without a night out. No, so, it's, it's notoriously quite impossible to do that. No. Yeah. Unless you are last week's guest, Dylan Church, who doesn't <laughs> actually go out. But <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, that's him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, John is being quite humble here. John is one of the best cricketers I've ever seen at the uni, at the uni play. Yeah. And I can assure you on a night out, he's still very good fun. <laughs> he doesn't hold back despite being a pro cricketer. No, but a, a TP Wednesday is John's stomping ground. Yeah, well, you've got to make the most of the few yes. TP Wednesdays you get. Um, hopefully you can remember all of them. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're doing tonight, aren't we? We're doing TP Wednesday tonight, so... Yeah, after quite an exciting social. 
Yeah, should, yeah. We, should we talk about that, Trent? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know much about university uh, sport, that you have team socials and sort of whole club socials where you get together, you have a couple of beers, you play some games. This week's a sort of slightly different one. It's yeah. come down with me, Billy. Do you want to explain that? Yeah, so it was one of my favourite ones last year. Sort of, you get split up about four or five second years, three or four third years, and the rest freshers sort of make up the teams. Go to each other's houses, freshers do the main course, second years do the starter, and third years run off a dessert. And games are played, things are kept at the social that aren't going to be spoken about on the podcast, that's for sure. And then you sort of wander on, wander off onto TP, almost yeah. dagger, I'd say. Yeah. And enjoy the night that's probably not going to be remembered. But I think that was one of my favourite socials last year, actually. Yeah, it's sort of nice when there's less people and you get to know people better, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it when sort of you're put with people you don't normally hang around with. Yeah. And then sort of, it's, I think that's just so much better for socials. I prefer that. Yeah, it's a good way of integrating the club a bit. So for sure, yeah. Um, sure. To, to, to carry on, to, to, to not talk about socials for a bit, I do apologise. We probably will get back because we don't have much else going on in our lives. <laughs> but John, so our cr- couple of cricketing takeaways this week. Can you talk to us about sort of the South African T20 League? As you probably know quite a lot about that. Um, yeah, so I've been following it a bit. It's... Obviously, like from a South African point of view, um, massive, massive for the country and kind of just keeping cricket South Africa sustainable. Um, but yeah, the group stage is now finished and the semi-finals, I think the first one's today. I'm not 100% sure who's who's playing in it. Um, and then the final is on Saturday, the Wanderers. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's been a great competition, great standard of cricket. And the stadiums have all been sold out, basically. So the atmosphere has been unbelievable, even just experiencing it on TV. Um, spoke to my parents the other day, and they went to one of the games, nice. which is quite rare for them, and they both oh, really? quite enjoyed it. Yeah, they're yeah. good. So, yeah, so that's doing well. Um, yeah, hopefully it continues. We've had a lot of traction over there, haven't they? I've only seen a handful of games, but is their first season they've done it over there? Yeah, so it's the first season they've got, got it up and running properly. Yeah. They've, tried something similar for the past I wouldn't say like four years. Yeah. But it's it's always been like filled with corruption or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um I think this this occasion they really they got Graham Smith basically to run it and be in okay. charge of it and they've got massive investments from India. I think every team is owned by an Indian franchise. Um they, so it's kind of linked to the IPL to some degree. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So they're sort of taking a like backward backward seat to the IPL, a bit, bit yeah. more of a warm-up competition, I'd say. I wouldn't, not necessarily a warm-up, but to that degree, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah, It's very much not South African in terms of how South African cricket normally operates. Um, and it's it's been run like an international league, which Plus, is great. I think they're probably aiming for the second best T20 comp, aren't they? Because at the moment you've got the big bash. It's it's all right, but it's still, I think, still faltering at some point. Mm-hmm. The blast has just taken a massive backward seat to the 100. And I think that's the next that's the next gap in the market that the South African T20 are going for. Yeah, I think I think that is what they're targeting, and I know they threw a lot of money at it. Yeah. So I think it's the third most lucrative league behind obviously the IPL, and then there's one happening at the same time in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, Root was, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. The only only problem I see with that one is the stadiums are like five percent full, maybe. Mm. Just it's obviously like a good place to play cricket and stuff, but it's not a great atmosphere. So I think that's where the South African league can capitalise and also it's so cheap for tourists. Like if you, yeah, yeah. If you come into South Africa and spending a pound, you loving life. 
Mm. Yeah, that um, can't even get you a bacon sandwich in England, so... <laughs> I can't, can't even get you a bite out of a bacon sandwich anymore. <laughs> I can probably, yeah, I reckon like five pounds can get you a massive steak, two beers, um, potentially even like a brownie for pudding. Oh. When are you inviting us over there, John? <laughs> I was going to say, when are we going over? Yes. Yeah. Summer calls. <laughs> but touching on South African cricket, obviously, you can't ever hear from South Africa. Have you have you had any opinions on sort of who you want to play for in the future? Um, yeah, so it's obviously quite a interesting topic. That um, I think it's I'll definitely be playing for England or yep. wanting to play for England if I play international cricket. Big up or get the opportunity. Um, yeah, just through opportunities and obviously being a local player in the um, county circuit, you obviously have to then kind of set for England. You can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at the same time. So yeah, it would be interesting experience that if it ever happens, if I'm ever fortunate. But yeah, that would be it. I'm sure it will, John. I'm sure it will happen. Oh, crossing yeah. fingers one day. <laughs> Want to see you playing at the Boxing Day Test at the MTG? Wow, that that would be an Ashes down under. That would yeah. be amazing. Even as a South African, that's probably close to close to the pinnacle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the tip of the top of cricket. Yeah, that or a game at Newlands. I mean, you've never played it before. Never played in New- Never actually been to Newlands. Have you not? Oh, never. Wow, I thought you'd have been there. No, haven't. Only. I think I've only actually been to the Wanderers in South Africa. Oh really? Yeah. None of the big grounds. Yeah, none of the other big ones. I don't think. Interesting. Yeah. And you never played over. And you never played there either. Played at the Wanderers. Nice. Um, that's a big flex. Yeah. Never like a competitive game though. Played for school there and played in some warm up games. Okay. And that's about right. it. Yeah. And then I'm guessing you've played at all the big grounds in the UK now. Not all of them. Um, played, where have I played? I've played Bristol, obviously the GS Bowl, uh, the Oval. Um, I've been 12th man at Lords, haven't played there, but all right, I'll take yeah. 12th man at this stage. It's pretty, pretty special. Yeah, it's an unbelievable place that, and the lunches are so good is that, is that was that the pinnacle of the yeah. day L- the lunches yeah. <laughs> can we have like a, a debrief of what was on your plate and lots of us want to play a lot yeah. just lack severe ability so uh, can you just tell us about what's on the plate um so i don't think we had a starter but it, we had sirloin mashed potato and like veggies oh. and then we had i think we had fruit salad for oh. pudding but yeah. the sirloin was like perfectly cooked and Jeez. it was so good the only downside we finished on the third day so um, couldn't get lunch on the fourth day so you missed out on a four sirloin steak mm, yeah I missed out on a day which I was really disappointed about it's a problem yeah. only an extra student would have that isn't it yeah. not having a sirloin steak <laughs> four days in a row which I'm sure a lot of you can relate I can't yeah. but <laughs> unfortunately I can't relate while I'm at uni <laughs> I was going to say yeah ready meals are probably yeah. what I'm up to at the moment Lords is probably the only place I can relate <laughs> so We've spoken about South African cricket, now moving on to the stuff that we we know and love, extra cricket. Mm-hmm. One season last year, Churchill touched on it last week, but how did you think it went? I know you weren't too involved, but... Yeah, obviously, I didn't play as much as I would have necessarily wanted to or could have. Um, had an injury at some stage in the season. But we, we started off really, really well. Um, had a warm-up game against Gloucester, and they basically put out a full-strength team. Mm-hmm. Um... And I, I actually don't think it could have gone better. We had them eight down for 300, maybe, after the first day. At lunch on the second day, they declared overnight. At lunch on the second day, we were well in control. And then they actually, their head coach, like, had a go at them. It was like, you guys actually need to pick yourselves out. Um, 
and it kind of got a bit harder from there but we left at the end of day three um giving them a proper challenge and mm. not walking away thinking god that was a bit of a waste yeah so that was the start of our season and i don't think it could have been a better start but it didn't really take off from there no i agree i think first time experience being at the game i thought that you guys posed a real challenge mm. i think everyone chipped in whether it was in the bat with the ball and it looked like a real team performance and i thought from that i was like oh, yeah we're gonna do we're gonna do when bucks here and i just sort of first game came and didn't exactly fulfill, did we? Yeah, I think that's where everyone was really disappointed with. Um, so I played that first game, I think it was against Cardiff um, at Sidmouth. And yeah. we just we just didn't execute anything, really. We were very mediocre. Um, and that kind of set a tone for the rest of the season. And when we got an opportunities to win, we kind of didn't know how to win. Mm. So winning is very much a habit. And... I think we almost got into situations and we were like, how have we got into a situation where we can win this? Yeah. And now we don't know what to do. Um, there are definitely parts of like games in the season where we did really well and executed things really well, but then at the same time, not as much. Um, so I think, I think we, I'm not sure where we ended. Maybe oh, I want second say... last or third last? Yeah, third I, want say, last. I want to say six or eight. Yeah. yeah. Six or eight. So, so in terms of that, it's obviously a very disappointing season. Um, but it was our first year or first season under new coaching staff. It was a very disrupted winter program. Yeah. Um, and I think the way we're going forward, obviously you can't tell by results yet, but the way the club's going forward is very good and we're in a really strong position. Um, I think we've got a good mindset, work ethic and common goal amongst the group to win bucks or at least try and challenge for bucks yeah um, oh sorry no no sorry James. oh i was gonna say uh you mentioned the new coaches that we brought in last year so born alex barrow and max waller who both played professional cricket at somerset mm. max waller also played in 100 both really successful cricketers how much have they sort of helped the side come along yeah they've, they've both been massive um i think it's just it's brought a very professional like feeling and environment to how we go about things um instead of just pitching up training and leaving kind of like going through the motions it's very it's very deliberate and everyone's got like okay this is what we're working on this is how we're going about it and i think that's quite important for a team that's trying to mimic a professional environment so guys can then move into professional teams and try get contracts well as a man who's played in a professional environment and is playing in, a, in one how would you compare? Would you say they're quite similar? Same, same sort of mannerisms in the, in the setup, or are they slightly different? Obviously, yeah, obviously you can't get it the exact same. Um, but I'd say we're doing a very good job of getting it as close as we can. Um, we train three times a week, and everyone to get close to enough contact time, um, whether it's batting or bowling. Um, obviously, like we've got constraints with lectures, and mm, yeah. there's we not just the club there are seven eight teams in the club something like that. there are there are seven at the moment yeah i'm yeah. sure there will be more after after the teams have moved about a little bit yeah, yeah. I, I will end up being captain from the seven to the capital of the nines whatever <laughs> whatever team is the lowest down i'll i'll steer the ship yeah. there <laughs> yeah so obviously like there's there's a lot of different things going on at uni but i think we're doing as good a job as we could um at making it a professional environment and 
a seamless transition between uni cricket and twos cricket and then hopefully international professional cricket for sure for sure i mean the transition is going to be quite smooth sort of looking at some of the players yeah. that are playing twos cricket and could easily get a contract i think it'll be a lot easier for them if they do go up yeah yeah and i suppose that's the goal um there's definitely a lot of the boys in the group that are trying to to get that so yeah i think just everything we can do to help them is the important thing yeah moving on to pre like previewing the season are you shitting yourself to be facing Jofra Archer? Um, oh, well, fortunately, no one really backs my batting ability. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I'm always like trying to advocate for why I should be a batsman, but I think that's the one game where I don't mind not being a batsman. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, that would be the game. Like, guys, I'm not putting my hand up. Yeah. I will happily go 12 for batsman. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would love to watch some of the boys face him. Oh, yeah. I think it would be quite comical at times yeah. trying to face 90 miles an hour but it could also be a good challenge um but yeah it would be great great to rub shoulders with the likes of um arch and uh, the sussex boys so for yeah so if, if you didn't know extra playing sussex university for a bit of context there but another thing about that is ollie robinson who's number six test bowler in the world will also be playing how much do you feel you can just learn from just watching him and seeing him as a um, yeah, I could obviously learn quite a lot, have a few conversations with them. Um, I'll be interested to see if they actually play though. I can't see someone like, I don't know if like Archer or Robinson will play, but you know, if they do, it will be a great, yeah. great experience. Um, I'd imagine the ECB might enforce some workload yeah. management. Yeah. Things. I think Robinson might play. I think Archer yeah. definitely will be nursed if yeah. he has a yeah. Because like last year at Hampshire, Nassim Sharkeva bowled literally three overs at the start yeah. and then just pissed off to the nets. <laughs> like, yeah. I usually could see that happening again this year yeah. where Joffre then goes and bowls in the shark tank. But... That, yeah, that could definitely happen. Now, you say that what happened at Gloss, that was actually quite quite funny. It was Nassim Shah, he arrived and all he wanted to do for a day and a half was bowl. And the head coach was like, no, you're not bowling. Eventually he gave in after like a day and a half of him just badgering him to get a bowl. <laughs> Yeah, we we did speak to Nassim on the day after a couple of couple of drinks deep. I think I think he appreciates our company. Mm-hmm. No. I hope he did anyway. I hope he didn't offend them too much. But it was just it's just incredible. Sort of as let's just uni students. Sort of you're a pro, but you brush them every day. But you have some players in that squad who probably won't get near professional cricket and are going to be facing bowlers like that. I think it's just such a great experience. Yeah, I think it's it's something guys will look look at when they're twenty, thirty, forty years older. And be like, I've actually, I've faced him or yeah. I've played with him against him type of thing. Um, and some of the guys like Gloss or uh, Sussex in the next month or so could go up, could end up becoming like world beaters and superstars. Joffre um, yeah. like being one of them, obviously. So it's something guys will look upon and really enjoy and yeah, make the most of. I think one thing that lets us down as a county, Sussex, is the just the lack of facilities. Sort of, we had a few players come through our ranks. Like, we had Chris Jordan, who was playing for England for a period of time. Now he's moved on to Surrey. I think it's not long till you see players like Joffrey and Ollie Robinson moving on. Because I know they don't play in much county cricket, but if they're going to play some, they don't want to be playing in Div 2. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but then again, the location of Sussex, like Hove, so my uncle lives in Hove. And yeah. literally, like, just down the road from the ground. And there's not many better places to live. Yeah, true. Very true. It's a nice place. So it's if you can, obviously, weigh 
those two things together, but I wouldn't mind living in Hove on the beachfront. Yeah, I'd, t- I'd take it. I'd certainly take it. I mean, they're not there very much, then. Yeah. That is the main benefit, isn't it? It's just if they're going to be staying around for a bit longer. But And also, when you think of Sussex, most counties have two grounds. Like, sorry, we'll have the Oval and they play at Guildford and Croydon, whatever. But Sussex, the second one is Arundel Castle, which is also one of the nicest grounds in the country. Is that their second ground? Yeah, so I've, I've, oh. I've gone to watch uh, Sussex at the Blast a couple of times at Arundel Castle. It's really nice. You sit up on the bank yeah. around the side yeah. and you get, get to come on and meet the players after the game. Okay, I didn't know that. That's that's yeah. a great second ground to have. Yeah, I've never been there to Arundel Castle. I haven't. <laughs> so the only way I could have been is in the twos... Um, like T20 competition. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. it kind of mimics the blast, but Hampshire have never done very well in that. Oh, uh, okay. Also, awesome. yeah. I've always driven past the Arundel, though. See the castle? Yeah, it's but, a pretty nice castle. Yeah, <laughs> that's as close as I've <laughs> I think I watched a twos, a two... Oh, and it was an England B team game last year, women's B team game. Yes. They were playing South African first team, funny enough. Yeah. And it was, it was incredible to sort of get up and close to see sort of the interactions between the players, like the South African players speaking Afrikaans when they were in the field. Oh, and yeah. then talking to the England players in like, perfect English, it was just fascinating to watch. Yeah. yeah. It, it is quite, like obviously being South African and listening to Afrikaans, like, oh yeah, that's a bit of home. But yeah. you, I suppose you see that then again with like the Indian team or the Sri Lankan team or whatever. Yeah. And then off field and interviews, the English is spot on. So Are you able to speak Afrikaans? <laughs> I'm not, no. Oh, um, yeah, unfortunately, I can't speak another language. I, I did Afrikaans probably for about 12 years of my life at school. Okay. Um, and you can see how well I did that by not being able to, <laughs> being able to string a sentence together. <laughs> Didn't come naturally, did it? No, not at all. Unfortunately, not. Stick to the economic, then. Yeah, that, that's like, oh, still not natural. <laughs> slightly better, though. It's easy for you, Trench. Right. It's easy for you. It, it is not. I, try, I do try my best. Mm. We've discussed extra cricket there. I want to move, more, move on to more of your Hampshire teammates. So we're going to pl- we're going to play a game of teammates. I'm sure you listeners are slightly familiar to this before. We're going to ask a few categories, and John's going to reply to the player or players that satisfy each category. So we're going to start with teacher's pet. It's quite a hard one, that because everyone—not oh, everyone—that's for sure. Um, <laughs> there are a few a few people that will slide into that and then very quickly slide out. Um, I think I might go with Toby Albert okay. or Harry Petrie. Interesting. Why is that? Um, not for negative reasons, obviously. They're just always always there to help, always training. Like They're just always around. Okay, and, yeah. yeah, I suppose teachers pet at school and teachers pet at in yes. a cricket environment slightly different, but mm-hmm. that's why I go. No one really sucks up that I know of, um, but yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, the hard man of the team. Hard man. Um, a few would want to take that. I reckon Keith Barker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that. Um, Liam Dawson, maybe. Oh, Liam Dawson. really? Yeah. Oh, he seems like a bit of a softy. Want to give him a cuddle? Really? <laughs> Good luck trying that. <laughs> um, I I reckon we might go with Barks on that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can comment on the county game more. Do you yeah. know who that is? Yeah, he's your, one of your seamers, isn't he? Yes, yeah. yeah. He's he's our left arm um, seamer, and well, actually left arm seamer, but all rounder. He's basically the guy to cricket. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, I think, I think he might have won the MVP for the county championship season last year. If not, he came second. Oh, wow. And the MVP is basically like a point system based on your batting, fielding, and bowling. 
Um, so it's not even an opinion. He was the best. Yeah, yes, yeah. he was the best. Um, so yeah, so at the same time, he's also quite a hard, hard man. Yeah, is he a man that sort of gives send offs? Is he a bit, a bit of aggression on the pitch, or is it more? Um, I wouldn't say I've seen him give one send off, and it was to actually a mate of mine, to Wanda Muyeyi at Kent. Yeah, and it was basically so LBW and Barks just stood in the middle of the pitch, raised his finger <laughs> at him, and walked off. But he's more a celebration man. So okay. I've seen quite a few uh, Manchester United celebrations, <laughs> yeah. which as a Chelsea fan, I'm not, oh, not a fan wow. of, to tell you the truth. Oh, you should have told that before you held the pass. <laughs> yeah, we might have not watched one. I don't think it would have been on the podcast. <laughs> 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 you know but touching on Thrandon Way, uh, he went to school with a friend of ours, Will Pukas, and he was good friends with him there. Okay. How did you first get to meet him through the through what sort of the county setup? Um, so I met him through the county setup, but I knew of him through one of my good mates from school. So obviously okay. to Wanda Zimbabwean, uh, well from Zimbabwe, um, and quite a lot of my mates from school are also from Zimbabwe. Um, so this particular mate of mine, Michael Booth, he's up at Durham Uni at the moment and yeah. also playing uh, cricket. Um, they were very good mates at school and growing up. Okay, yeah. So that's how I got to know him, and I just got really friendly with him throughout that. I think my claim to fame with Twan is I once had a beer with him and the Vic. Ah, uh, um, yes. He was down for a bit, had a beer. Yes, I, yeah, I remember that when he was down. Um, yeah, a few of the boys have got some interesting stories about Twanda when he was here. Yeah, they won't, they won't feature the podcast, though, will they? They won't <laughs> no. feature the podcast. They will not be. <laughs> what happens with Twanda stays with Twanda. Exactly. That's what we're learning here. Uh, the best romance, Hampshire. Um, ooh, that I think will go to Mason Crane and Joe Weatherly. Okay, all right. What makes you say that? They well, they've grown up together, but they either arguing, having a go at each other, yeah. or they like best friends yeah. doing things together. And there'll definitely be other bromances somewhere from the team, but I reckon they they're always doing things together. They're very close. Interesting. Literally acting like brothers. Yeah, are they the Conway Gilbert and the Luke Maslin of the, of the Hampshire theme? I don't think anyone can beat Conway and Maz, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I, I don't think I've seen Conway or Maz without the other. But um, you can see uh, Weatherly and Mason Crane without. Uh, I can't. Oh, yeah. It's to a lesser degree. I see. Yeah, to a lesser degree. But they have other friends apart from each other. Yes, yeah. They, they have a life outside yeah. of each other. And do you, as um, at Hampshire, Carl Abbott's obviously there as well, and as yeah. a fellow South African seaman, is there a bit of a bromance there? or? Um, yeah, so Abbott has been really good to me, um, and we get on really well. He's helped Smith a lot. Um, he actually introduced me to Guinness for the first time. Yeah, yeah. That's a great man to yeah. do that. Was that a culture shock, or was that was that? Um, did you manage it well. Well, I had to go with Black Harrington for the first. <laughs> yeah, time. yeah. So I did that for the first two, and then he was like, "Hey, now you can stop doing that." <laughs> um, but no, so Abba and I get on really well, um, and yeah, he's been really good, good to me. Father-like figure. Yeah, I suppose you could kind of call it that. Um, yeah, taking me under his wing and looked after me and then uh following on from this who who's the funny man in the team in the dressing room who's the one who's cracking all the jokes um that ooh, that could go to chris wood yeah yeah he's he's always got got a joke up his sleeve something like that um scott curry also nice um scott does it in a slightly different way though not just like pure jokes or whatever it's just the way he says it or the things he says 
it's kind of like just makes people laugh in a way. Um, and then Mason Crane again, not too bad. Um, I reckon the best though that I've experienced Wild Hampshire was probably Colin de Grandhome. Oh no! Yeah. What, what was he like? He he is the most raw human being <laughs> I think I've met. Just like so down to earth, but so like honest and yeah. gets on with what he has to do, but doesn't care what someone thinks about him. Will walk around like barefoot. Will do this, do that. <laughs> So I haven't played golf with him, but apparently, so the way, if you play golf, like everyone has one or two pra- practice swings at the tee box. Yeah. Apparently he puts his ball in, walks, hits the ball and walks off. <laughs> and it's always stayed straight. <laughs> He's that man that's annoyingly good at everything, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And, and a great mullet at that stage. He did, yeah. I mean, yeah. at one point it got too long, I want to say, but for the most part, it was maintained pretty well. Yeah. Fashion fail. Fashion fail. Um, ooh. I mean, you're looking pretty stylish now, John. I can't, I can't lie. So Thank it's not you. Yeah. Oh, I've been trying to get a few tips off everyone here at uni. Probably, okay, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, South African fashion isn't always <laughs> the greatest. Um, fashion fail. Well, my opinion, I could say half the team, really. Okay, yeah. Um, so someone like Mason Crane only wears skinny jeans. Oh, amazing. Doesn't, doesn't like the baggy style. Um no. Scott Curry is getting better. Um, Toby Albert's getting better, but also not ideal. Abo is actually not great either. He's not. No, he. I don't want to say like an old man, but like just not. To be fair, he is 33, 40. He's getting five. on. He's getting yeah, on. Yeah. He probably dresses appropriately, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, there's. I can't put it down to an individual, though. There's just a lot of very poor fashion choices made within the change room. I wouldn't say it's a very fashionable change room. And following on from that, I've got a question is that at club cricket, you get always get a couple of people who wear team stash or nights out. Is there anyone that does that in your in your team that will come in with a Hampshire court of it yeah, or, that's a great question. or a cap or anything like that? Um, I'm trying to think. I think we had a night out once after a T20 win. And it wasn't a planned night, except for like one or two of the youngsters who love nights out. They had packed their clothes, brought it yeah, to the yeah. game. But all the all the more experienced senior players, none of them had planned it. So it got to the stage where it was literally what's in the change room, what are we putting on? And I want to say a few of the few of the guys had um, Hampshire trackies and. Hampshire trackies. I don't think there were any quarter zips or caps going around. There might have been a cap. Yeah. But probably trackies was was it. Um must be a pretty bad club if you can get to enter it with trackies as well. <laughs> yeah, I know I, I can't say the um Southampton clubs are Are they great. not are they not there? No, they're not they're not they're not timepiece, to be honest. No, of course of course they're not. They yeah. well, they can't be, can they? No. Timepiece is the best club and we know that, notoriously. Uh Mr. Grumpy. Uh, yeah, that's Liam Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> so Daw- Dawson, I, I, I watched a video of him yesterday playing cricket, actually. So he's on my mind. But yeah. what is Dawson like as a bloke? Um, lovely guy. I really like him. Get on quite well with him. Um, but he is, he can be quite a grumpy human being. Um, mm. if it's not going his way. On and off field? On and off field, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, he'll let you know also. So you'll know he's in a bad <laughs> mood. But at the same time, great human being, but... Yeah, I don't... I think that's hands down to Dawes. Interesting. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought it'd be him. I don't know why. Yeah, I thought he'd be the friend, friendly, happy type, but I'm shocked. That 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 has shocked me massively. Yeah, get, get him in front of his um, children and 
different human being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Loves his children, understandably. Um, yeah, but... fathers normally do love their sons. Yeah, you, you do hope that. I, I, I would hope so. <laughs> they tend to. They tend yeah. to. We can't call for everyone, but they tend no. to. Yeah. Um, yeah. In front of his children, lovely human, lovely human, really playful, all of that. But in the change room on the cricket field, Mr. Grumpy. Wow. And who's uh, spinning the discs in the. Oh, our DJ. Um, changes. I reckon Abbo is. He's always playing music. Um, questionable music, but yeah. always playing music. Um, Nick Gubbins. He, okay, yeah. he, he puts his songs on quite often. Also, quite good, though. Um, but yeah, I would probably say it's normally, normally Abbo. Um, he's, I think he's also the only one that carries around a speaker. Okay. So it's kind of like self-appointed there. Yeah. What are you wanting from music pre-match and post-match? What sort of, are you wanting an up-tempo beat beforehand and a bit of a sing-along after or is it something um, different? Post-match, oh sorry, pre-match I reckon something, yeah, a bit of a higher, bit energetic, something yeah. to like get you going, but not like too, too big. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then post-match, if you've won, just something ch- like quite chilled, mm. like happy music, but um, something you can have a drink to, just like be able to chat around, that type of thing. Just like a good environment. Okay. Have you got like a, a Hampshire victory song that you play after every win? Um, so we've got a team song which we'll sing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which What's we, that? Um, tell you the truth, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to actually say it off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> it's... When when we do the thing, it's very good. So my first season, I sang it all the games I was involved in. I think we won two. So I sang it twice in my first uh, okay, season. Right, yeah. uh, last season, I sang quite a lot, which was quite good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, I haven't sang it for about six or seven months now. Yeah. So no, but we, we've got that, and it's always always good. Um, we've got a bit of a African element added into it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So we mentioned chops, beer yeah. and chops. Yeah. Um, because Hampshire have got quite a lot of South Africans, to tell the truth. Yeah, they have, yeah. yeah I think we've got four, including our coaching staff, okay. five. Yeah. And yeah. Going back to, you mentioned the DJs, and you spoke about uh, Gubbins and uh, Abba, who are probably two of your more senior players. Do you reckon they just get on the, um, on the music as they're sort of more senior players? Is that a bit of hierarchy? You're not really going to get JT or Harry Petrie on the... Yeah, I, I reckon that's that is one way of doing it. Um, it's basically the more senior players like okay, we'll I'm putting music on now. Um, you someone like Felix Organ, he he'll play music now and again. Um, but I I don't think I'll be putting yeah. my my songs out yet. Um, that way. Yeah, I, even like here at uni though, I'm not one to really put my music on. Okay. Um, I quite like listening to other people's music. Yeah. See see what songs they have and kind of just steal their music to the truth. Yeah, or just tell them their shit. Yeah. Sort of. yeah just yeah. Judge, I, judge them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I judge music heavily, oh, yeah. which is strange because I think my music is not great. <laughs> <laughs> the final the final teammates category is who is the best or who's the most common on a night out? Um, oh, that is also very easy. That, okay. <laughs> that is uh, Tom Prest by, by miles. Not, it's not even close. Um, Tell us more. So I reckon particularly during the 50 over competition, but like all the T20 comp, I would get three messages a week saying, you keen for one tonight? Like, no, Percy, I've got training tomorrow. <laughs> okay, fine. He goes, he goes out a lot. Um, but yeah, he's, he's doing quite well. He's in Sri Lanka at the moment. Okay. Yeah. The England Lions. So that's basically the England B team for, if you don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's doing well, but he gets, 
you know, enjoys a night out. He has he has learned sort of, through reputation of some of the more senior players. Though. So, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Are there any good stories from his his conquests? Um, ooh, I'm trying to think now. There definitely would be. Um, I'm trying to think of any of them I can share. <laughs> they, there was one around the T20 Blast. Can't really go into detail, but T20 Blast quarter final. Okay. Yeah. Um, wasn't in great shape, and then there's one of he gets home at six in the morning. Some quite often after night out. Okay, yeah. Obviously, like then when he does that, he's got like two, three days to do nothing after. Okay, yeah. Um, but there's a video of him. So you know those like scooters in the main cities that you can like rent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a video of him getting one of those back from the main nightclub in Southampton to his flat, <laughs> and he was out with one of his other mates, and his other mate got an Uber back and basically driving past him filming it. <laughs> well, how crazy is on the scooter on the way back to his flat. So um, quite a quite a good story, that. Yeah, I think that's how cricket cricket nights should be played. I think it sounds like he's played a few successful rain cards there. Yeah, he's, he's done the rain card well. Um, yeah. He's also done the rain card terribly. <laughs> Are you one for a rain card, uh, John? Um... Yeah, I used to I used to play it more often, to tell you the truth. So when I was back in South Africa playing club cricket, I played the rain card well on quite a few occasions and there's one occasion I completely misjudged it. <laughs> I'd um, love to hear more about that. You know do you know the those ultra music festivals? I don't know specifically, but I have uh, the concept. So they are so there's they're basically these music festivals around the world and South Africa gets one a year, I think. Um and I was out with two of my mates there. And this was literally just before COVID. Okay, yeah. So it was like two weeks before COVID. Um, I knew it was a risky, like, rain card to pull, but I was like, okay, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, got home at, I think, hoppers three, four in the morning. Okay, yeah. Had to leave home at seven to get to the ground. <laughs> it, I think we started at hoppers eight or nine. So oh, got, got to the ground at eight. Potentially still drunk, but definitely <laughs> hungover. Okay, yeah. Um, fortunately, the pitch was wet. Oh, okay, oh, all right. So... We still had to hang around, but I just sat there, sunglasses on, um, Lucas yeah. Aid in hand, and just waiting for it to be called off. And the opposition, for some reason, just didn't want to call it off. So okay. eventually, about two and a half hours later, the game started. Um, we bowled first, so I was opening the bowling, okay, yeah. and in a terrible shape. <laughs> um, Long story short, I ended up actually getting four wickets in that <laughs> so you, you played it poorly, but you also played it well. I have, yeah, but... You bounced back. I was the hate of myself for about 24 hours. <laughs> but, no, yeah, so that, that's one I've severely misjudged. Um, but they always create stories. Oh, indeed. Indeed. I mean, thank you very much for sharing your Hampshire teammates. That was that, a really good section. I thought it went pretty well. Uh, yeah, very interesting to hear. Because if we were talking about our teammates, I think many people would be interested in the EUMCC seventh teams, <laughs> team DJ and stuff. So it's really nice to hear that. No, no, exactly. So... Moving on to the quiz, we had Churchy complete completed last week. He got six yeah. or seven, didn't I? Got, exactly yes, he got. got six or seven. Sli but, slightly worried with that because yeah. Churchy, I think, knows a bit more about cricket than you. So. We want that sort sort of to be the par. Can you beat Churchy? That's the, yeah. okay. the level. Well, I'll give him my best go, and I'm going to pass you the treasure. Now. I'm going to be quiet for about ten minutes because I don't do anything okay. in this section. <laughs> Away uh, you go. So. For the concept, if you haven't listened before, shame on you. I'll give you three clues. First clue, if you get it from that, three points. 
get it from the second clue, you'll get two points. If you get it from the third clue, you get one point. You have five questions, and at the end, we get a sum of all your uh, answers. So I can get a max score. of 15 points. Yeah, I think 15 points is near on impossible, but 10 is a very good effort. I think okay. 8 to 10 is a very solid effort. Um, I think 5 is poor. acceptable, oh, just acceptable. about acceptable. Okay. Anything below that is poor. I re- yeah, I reckon if I get five, that's slightly concerning. Yeah. <laughs> but I could be very close uh, to that. Clue number one. The question one. I didn't make my test debut until I was 30 in 2019. Thir- 30? Until I was 30. Yes. I was 30 in 2019. This can be for any, in, any, any nation, any nationality. If I guess and get it wrong? Uh, yeah, you can have one guess and get it wrong, and that's fine for each question. I don't know, I'm obvious. I want to say Manus it's not Marlis Lavashain or Lavis Gaffney as the, as, as the proper talent. <laughs> I, I didn't want to butcher it, so I'll leave that. Question number two. My ODI batting average is more than double my test batting average. Uh, Rassi van der Dutten. It is Rassi van der Dutten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ODI batting average of 69. It's unbelievable. Though. Yeah, he is a proper, proper... It's quite a fine number as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We are, we are so mature at, at the Rain Car podcast. <laughs> but back to Rassi van der Dutten, how good of a player is he? He is, yeah, he is a very good player. Um, it'd be nice if he contributed a bit more on our test side. Yeah. <laughs> we are slightly um, struggling there, but yeah. no, a great cricketer. And yeah, as you can see, ODI cricket doing very well. Yeah. And uh, question number two, clue number one. I made my uh, test debut against Pakistan in February 2013. Pakistan 2013? Oh gosh, um, actually I have no idea. Uh, uh, question number two, I have a test bowling average of 22.71. It's quite hard. <laughs> it's quite hard. <laughs> yeah. I think from the last question it, it um, relieves a bit. But there's... 22 average bowler 2013 Pakistan. Um, yeah, I still... I still don't know. I think you might get it from the last one. Um, I will form a mean bowling attack with Mohamed Abbas and John Turner this summer. Oh, um, Kyle Abbott. It is Kyle Abbott. Oh. 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 He is, he is going to be so annoyed with you. Gosh. <laughs> I didn't know his average is 22. It's seriously um, good. That's sort of in the Dale Dane territory. So there's another stat of Abbo, which is him. I think he's, he's in the top three of the most consistent for line and length out of anyone that's played test cricket. It's him, Muhammad Abbas, and someone else. Oh, wow. and I think their percentage is like 40%, something like that. Just um, in the... So like a good line and length. Yeah. I've got the actual stats somewhere on my phone. Um, but no, he is a seriously good cricketer. I never actually... I should have thought of that, though. I should have thought of Abbo. He, he will be disappointed. No, he will if, be. if he ever does listen to the yeah. podcast. Okay. I'm, sure, I'm sure he will. He might want, he might want to hear John. Maybe, right. maybe not us too as much, but... Right. I'll, I'll send the link through just so yeah. you can see he needs a bit of fashion advice. <laughs> uh, question number three. I've scored the fastest ever test 100. Ever test 100. Well, I've got a few options here. Tell us who you're thinking of. So I'm going uh, Chris Gale, Brendan McCullum, Ben Stokes, and I feel like there's someone more recent. Barry Brook. Think about what all these things have in common. All Hampshire related, or no. There's no, there's no, no, they are, there's, no there's no actual real link between these. Um, Johnny Bairstow? It is not Johnny Bairstow. Question number two. I played my last game in Test Cricket in 2016. 
2016. Test cricket. Uh, Bumpy McCullum. Con. McCullum? It is Brendan McCullum. <laughs> you said him on the first one. I oh. thought I thought this could be unbelievable. Oh gosh! It can't be McCullum. McCullum. No. <laughs> I think uh, in his last in his last test, I once it was against Australia, and I think that was the one where he scored the fastest test time. Okay. And I think fifty-four uh, balls or something ridiculous. Do you know what? I've probably watched that video then. Yeah. Or like it's I've seen it on Instagram, yeah, TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's one of those. And you just yeah. watch it and think, wow. Should have gone with my gut here. Still got two points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question number three. Uh, fourth. Apologies. I made my clue number one. I made my test debut for England in March 2018. Test debut in March 2018 for England. I gave you a, yeah. a bit more there as. Um, Sam Curran? It is not Sam Curran. Oh, I don't know what you're going to say it is. <laughs> oh, oh, you, he's you got you he's got I've played 35 international games in all formats. In all formats. Okay. And I have scored 100. And for England? Um, 2018. Uh, it's not Vince. Um, is it Vince? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the hundred coming against Pakistan was it? I think. Uh, actually, no. Just, 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 just next time, John. Just think who is definitely is it? I'm gonna tell you he scored four hundred. He scored four hundred, and just say it's Matthias or Alistair. It might be right. I'm doing quite well. Just thinking who it isn't, and he's yeah. going. Right. Okay, so, well, I'm on seven now. You're on so, seven, you're doing, you? you're doing oh, well. well. You're doing well, you're, 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 you're going to beat Churchill here as long as you get one point. Uh, I'm I happy really, with that. I really hope you do. Make sure you let him know as well. Yeah, I know, yeah. don't worry, I will. <laughs> if, if you get this from the first clue, you are going down in sort of Hall of Fame territory. I think you should actually get that. You know how Top Gear have that board? With, yeah. Um, of like, or the fastest laps around okay, the yeah. thing? I reckon you get something like that going. You have a lead of Yeah, we are going to have it, yeah. I don't, I don't know if the landlord will be too happy me putting it on my wall, but no. I can find a way to get it on there. Right, you do like a, try and do like a virtual one. Yeah, we could do, yeah. We could do, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll invest in some uh, sort of... We'll invest in something. Yeah. Whatever thing. Uh, clue number one. I won Widson Young Cricketer of the Year in 2013. 2013. Um, Joe Root? It's not Joe Root. Oh. I, if you got that from there, I would have been amazed. Oh. Question number two. I went to the University of Exeter. Did he... Surely not. 2013. Tom Abel. It is Tom Abel. <laughs> Did he win? He won, he won Wisden Young Cricket of the oh, Year. Oh, Young Cricket. Okay. I didn't know that. God, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Well done to him. Wow. Yeah. You, there, there are some, because that's just... So for the youth, those of you who don't know, the Wisden Young Cricket of the Year is the best schoolboy cricketer in England. So the best sort of under-18 player. Oh, okay. And in years gone by, they they seem to predict sort of future internationals really well. So Joss Butler's won it, Johnny Bairstow's won it, Joe Root's won it, James Vin- uh, not uh, James Taylor's won it, Tom Abel's now won it. So there's so many of them who have now played for England. Yeah, Tawanda's won yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what year did Root, do you know what year Root was? Uh, 2010, I think, 2009. Yeah. Oh. I think the award only started in 2008, so then from okay. there, yeah. yeah. on for that. Anyway, John, oh, thank, thank you very much for coming on today. It's been, a, it's yeah. been an honour. Oh, thank you for having me. Really, really enjoyed it. Perfect. That's, that's what we want from our guests, to enjoy our time on here. 
Yeah, and the, we've done that. And the cricketing knowledge was unbelievable. For someone someone who said beforehand, oh, oh, I'm not that much of a badger, I don't know that much about cricket, yeah. it is pretty impressive. Yeah, have that Dylan Church. Yeah, have that Dylan Church. <laughs> have a beer. Yeah, anyway, John, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. thank you, boys. Thank you. Play your rain cards correctly. Yeah. And goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Nice. Right.